much for joining us once again on Solutions with Anna Donahue. Oh my gosh, last week's show. If you didn't get a chance to tune in, please watch the repeat. We have entitled it Just One Touch. I originally called it Beyond the Push, and you will see our main character. She doesn't even have a name, but the Bible calls her the woman who had an issue of blood. 12 years. And that show, I told the crew, I didn't even want it to end. I just felt like the cloud of God's presence just filled the room. I really mean that. You watch that show because today we'll do part two, and it's going to be called The Rewards of Not Giving Up. This woman received her rewards, and you know what? Again, her story is our story. I told you last week about that one guy, and he said, you know what? We are all at one time bleeders. He called her a bleeder. And actually, if my memory serves me correctly, he calls her that not just because she had the issue of 12 years of bleeding. They literally called people who had issues like that bleeders. Uh, I'll need to look that up, but I'm just now remembering that's really what happened. They called them bleeders, almost like lepers. And she was an outcast because of her issues. So now... Let's fast forward. She touches Jesus, right? She presses through the crowd and touches the hem of his garment. How about you? There's a crowd. There's a crowd of bills. Uh, you name it, COVID. There's our crowds that you got to push through to get your rewards. Let's look at these rewards of what she got. All right, I'm going to read some quotes from Spurgeon. Spurgeon's a phenomenal preacher. And uh, I pull from him quite a bit. He's passed away, of course, but you are going to love this. So again, let's remember, she presses in. She got her healing. That 12 years of bleeding dried up. But was that the only thing in her world that she needed changed? God is so faithful. Do you think she had some other issues that because of the 12 years were in her world? I think so. And let's look at some of these issues and again, start putting yourself in her world or wherever you are, do you have issues that you're so tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired of the issues? She pressed and she got what she needed. But let's look at what else she got. I love this. As I hinted at, yeah, at last week, Spurgeon says, when he said, who touched me? He knew who touched him. This is Spurgeon's account, though, of the blessing of why Jesus even said, who touched me in that huge crowd? Spurgeon says he actually knew who it was, but he asked the question in order to gently bring her out of hiding. He looked around to see her. He looked around to see her who had done such a thing, had the determination to press to find Jesus. He knew who it was, he says, but he was looking for her. Oh my gosh, you talk about, this is like the most amazing Cinderella story. And I just want to tell you whether you're male or female, it makes no difference. God is looking around, looking for you. I'm telling you, this is what he does. He searches. Where are you? Where are you? It's what he was doing in the garden with Adam. Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was. It was the love of a father saying, where are you? What are you, what are you doing? I love you. Come to me. Whew, these words are powerful. 
He looked around not to make a discovery of what was unknown, but to look on one whom he would gently bring out of that hiding place. The Greek says he kept looking. He continued to look around the multitude, a long, steady gaze looking just for her. He's doing it for us. He will continue to look for you because he wants to find you. He wants you to cry out to him. So number one, her rewards. He brought her out of hiding. He knew. When he said, who touched me, he knew. But he did it for her so that in front of everybody, they could say, the bleeder. Let's just do that for now. The bleeder is no longer bleeding. Her 12 years are done. Isn't that great news? This can happen for you. Reach, determine, touch, grab him, right? Number two, he gives her peace. Peace, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken anymore in her world. He grants her peace. He heals her. Really, more importantly than anything, he has saved her. You know why? She gets him. Think about this. There, he's on his way to Jairus' house to help him with his daughter. She pushes in because she hears about him. Have you pushed in because you hear about Jesus? And she pushes to get him. She got him. May I be so bold as to say she got saved. She got him. Isn't that paramount? So really her rewards, she got him. She got, that's the main thing. She gets him. She gets saved. How about you right now? Grab him. Get born again. Get saved in your heart. Number two, he gives her peace. He removes her from the shame out of that crowd. Number three, he removes this terrible issue of uncleanness. Boy, I'm just now even getting revelation as I reread this. Yes, the uncleanness of bleeding for 12 years. Yes, of course. But doesn't Jesus do that for us when he comes into our heart? And if you feel unclean in any area, maybe of sin, maybe something you've done and you're just shamed and you hate going into public or, or maybe someone knows about something you've done and you walk into that room and you, you, know, you think they're all talking about it. Oh my gosh. Jesus comes and he removes the uncleanness. You're clean. <laughs> oh gosh. You're clean, folks, because of his blood. His blood shed for you. You're clean. As far as the east is from the west, the book of Isaiah says he has forgiven your sins. He, he, he takes something that was scarlet, meaning uh, uh, of sin, and he makes it white as snow. When you've reached to grab him. Again, I feel such an anointing on this message. I'm pausing because I'm like, I just now saw that. He removes the burden of uncleanness in our lives. If you've ever really done something and you've hated it and it feels unclean to you, even the trigger words, someone's laughing about it on TV or, you know, you're somewhere and they're bringing it up and they don't know that you've done that. It doesn't matter. That feeling of unclean is icky. It's like, oh, I just wish I would never have done that. He removes it. Man, he just sets you free. Get free. 
That's powerful to me. Look, look, see how I'm hesitating? I just don't want to move off of that. He removes the terrible burden of uncleanness in your world. That's what he did for her. Look at number four. Oh my gosh. He calls her daughter. She never met him before, but she heard. There's this guy named Jesus. I, I know, I've heard that he raises the dead. I've heard that he cleanses the leper. I heard that he sets people free. She, you know what, this is, man, this is just coming to me too. She was already in her heart ready to receive him. See, see, see my point? She was already saying, if I can just get to him, I want him. God, I want you. And he knows that. And he calls her daughter. God. If you're a guy out there and you're listening, he calls you son. If you're crying out to him, he's ready to adopt you. Uh, this story is sending me to the moon right now. I'm being very nice and polite standing behind this pulpit. This stuff is amazing stuff to me. What about this one? He restores her self-esteem. You know, you may get uh, thoughts of, you know, self-esteem. We don't need self-esteem. You know what? I, I, look, look, I know the word self is in there, self-esteem. But would you not agree that, you know, life, life can be kind of brutal and certain things in life can take away any, how about this if you have a hard time with self-esteem? Feeling good about who you are. You know, life can be brutal. And so for her, 12 years of the same thing, he, look, you know what he did? He restored her. He said, that issue's done. So she could feel good about herself. It's okay to feel good about who God's made you to be. He loves you. She feels good about herself again. I'm telling you, I'm going to have to revisit this message because this is stirring me big time. I've already preached it to a, in, a, in a bigger setting, but this stuff... See what the Word of God does? It gets you deeper. There's just, there's just so much of Jesus in here. I just want to keep mining for the gold. Number six, and this is an important one too. He restores her standing in the community. And again, you might think, oh, I don't care about any of that. Well, in her world, I think it was very important to be restored in the community. She can go to the, to the watering well and get water without being called a bleeder. She can go to the local market and get her food. She was not an outcast anymore. Mm, 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 mm. What about this one? This is powerful now. Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, commends her faith. He said, daughter, your faith, like he felt it. Your faith, your total trust that I am who I say I am, your total dependency on me, your total faith action saying, I got to touch him because I know that's the real God, did it. You say, well, how do I get that? You cry out to God. This woman, if you look back at our, our show last week, when it said that touch one just a little, you know, hey, man, if it works, great. If not, he can meet me when I'm sitting in my living room. I, I hope so. But it didn't, for this woman, she had to rise up. And she had to say, I hear about him, and I'm going to go get him. Faith took action for her. Very important point. He sees it. He commends her faith. 
this is just coming to me right now. Maybe you have stepped out in something and you thought, you thought, I thought that was God. Do you know what I believe about that? And so say it didn't work out the way you thought. There's something in me that really believes that, okay, so it didn't work the way you wanted to. Okay, I get it. But there's something about the action of, you were so willing, Peter, to step out of the boat, right? I believe God looks at that. I do, I believe it, and he commends it. There's something to it in God's eyes of, it's okay. It didn't work yet. Doesn't mean it won't be in the future, but I see you're on it. I see you're pressing. I see you believe it. I see that you're going to keep, keep after it. Whoo, this message. All right, I'm going to read a couple more paragraphs from Spurgeon, and then I want to challenge you with something. This is what Spurgeon says. The Lord Jesus Christ, as he stood in the midst of the crowd, was charged with the power which called by our translators is virtue. A power went from him. Uh, efficacious healing force was in him. Sometimes he emitted it by words, this power surge that was in Jesus, frequently by the touch of his hand. Can you imagine? And in this case, it seemed to stream even from his garments, garments, when he was but fitly and properly touched. He was charged with omnipotent blessing, and those who came into contact with him were made whole. It's no different today. You can touch him just by your heart crying out. It's no different today. This is Spurgeon. Do not think, dear friends, that he is less full of benedictions for the sons of men tonight. That's what Spurgeon's saying, what I just literally said in the everyday vernacular. It's no different today. If I may venture to say as much, Spurgeon says, he's fuller of healing power, for he's bowed his head to death and he's worn the crown of, oh my gosh, this preaches, a crown of thorns. He's risen from the tomb. He's gone up into glory. He's led captivity captive. In our midst at this moment, he is, if it is even possible, more charged with energy to bless than even when he walked the fields of Palestine and healed the feeble men and women of his time. Oh my gosh. You see what Spurgeon's saying? He was so willing then. He hadn't gotten to the cross yet. <laughs> How much more is he willing as you're reaching out for him to say, I got you, son. I got you, daughter. Your faith in trying to reach to me, I got it. And I just picture the hands. He's picking you up. How much more? Because he's already gone to the cross and rose from the dead, took the crown of thorns, took the beatings for us. Just one touch. The rewards of not giving up. Before we come to a close, I wrote some other guys in the, in, and girls in the Bible. What about Esther? The entire destiny of Esther and her nation were changed because she didn't quit. Her entire destiny changed because she had the stirring from God and she pushed beyond that crowd. Because remember, this was originally called Beyond That Push. What about blind Bartimaeus? He pushed, have mercy on me. It literally says in the Bible, Jesus, hearing him, stood still. He didn't only receive his sight, but he got Jesus as well. Blind Bartimaeus. 
What about the friend at midnight with the unjust judge? He pushes, he will not take no for an answer. He says no. And he gets what he wants, right? He gets the bread. And the unjust judge literally says, give, her, give, the, give that lady what she wants. Because they pushed enough. And then again, what about Jesus himself? He pushes through the crowds because he knows, I got to do this for, every, for humanity. What would happen to you if you pushed beyond your crowd? Ideas of a crowd might look like this before we pray. Appointments, crowd. Your bills, crowd. Your kids, breakfast time, traffic, expectations, deadlines, exams, friends. What if you push beyond those for that one touch? Frustrations, the political arena, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. What if you pushed beyond and said, I got to get one touch from Jesus? CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, ESPN, homework, housework. Oh, but the dinner. Oh, but the dishes. Oh, but the phone calls. Oh, but it's family time. How about your own thoughts, your own doubts, unbelief, fear, people, crowds? What if you pushed beyond it all and said, I want just one touch? If I can get one touch, I know my issues will be taken care of. Whoo! It's powerful stuff. So I'm pausing. I'm gonna, I am closing. I'm going to pray for you. But I, I'm just like, this is some good stuff. Father, again, as I said last week, there, there, you've got people, I believe, assigned to hear this message. Would you give them the courage to push beyond the crowd, to say, come, whatever, I will get what I need from Jesus because I hear that he's passing by. Father, help them to reach out and grab you because you're waiting, you're waiting to grab them. I thank you for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, quickly, hey, like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll never miss one of these shows. If you do miss it, it's always in repeat on Facebook Live, or you just go to Anadonia Ministries in your Google search bar and type in YouTube. We're there. You can go to our website, anadoniaministries.com. You'll see the word solutions. You click it, you'll find all of our shows. We would be honored, and I just, I just believe it's so valuable. It really is. We're hearing from people around the country and it's an honor and privilege. Hey, where are you, where are you watching from? Uh, also, we are building a building to house all things solutions. We've got some people who've come on board to support us. Would you like to? I want you to think about it. Just pray about it. Because once you do, anyone we're reaching, you're reaching. I, I'm, 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 the, I'm a voice. You're the, you're the manpower behind it. You're the financial person helping me get it out. It's an honor. It's a privilege. We partner together. If that's you, you can go to anadoniaministries.com and simply click the donate button and we'll get it and we'll hear from you. Don't hesitate to write to us. We love you. We read everything. 
In fact, I try to get on personally. I try my best to respond to everybody because it, it, it means a lot. There's someone on the other end of that. I always tell the team, someone's, someone's on the other end writing. So anyway, it means a lot to us. So look, for now, that will be it. We thank you for joining us. And until next time, we love you. And uh, we'll see you next time on Solutions with Anna Donahue. God bless.